We're, uh, oh, thank you. Thank you, Alex. That was neat. Uh, so we started last week uh, talking about, I guess, really who we are as a church and who we are as Christians and, and the base aspect of that. And probably for about the next 10 weeks, that's something that we'll be doing. So if you're joining us tonight and weren't with us last week, that's okay. Uh, because this just builds upon a little bit of that, but it doesn't exclude you from that. In actual fact, some people will probably move in and out a little bit, but I do encourage you to connect um, right through it and very excited to see so many faces that were here last week back again and making a commitment to connect through on that, and that is really exciting. I had a, I had a great time last week uh, chatting about uh, who God is, and let's see if my slides are going to behave. That was last week. Last week, that was the one there, who is God, is what we spoke about. So um, in regards to that, just to help people catch up, why don't you just connect with someone near you or around you and just remind them of what it was that we came away with last week, knowing the the basic aspects that we, we carried away from that. And this is seeing how you go and what you remember. So you might find someone that, uh, you maybe didn't see and, and share that with them or uh, find someone nearer around you. You might need to move a little bit for that bit. That's okay. And just share with them the core aspects. And if you weren't here last week, then I expect you to know this anyway because it's just osmosis, obviously, walking into the... No, that's a good. And so go. Okay, wrap up on the sentence that you're on. Shouldn't need too much time to recall those truths. Someone found one. Charlie kept it in his pocket. Fantastic. Um, so help me out, Charlie. Help us out then. What are the four things I wanted you to go away with and know? The four things that we wanted, that I wanted you to know and be able to communicate to someone else after last week. The four aspects about who God is. Yet they're good things. What about you, Alex? You've got this. What are the four moral attributes that I wanted you to take away? Righteous, yep. Holy, yep. Mercy is one. We've got two and an extra. Can you help us out, Tom? 
love. Yep, we've still got one more. Yep, light is righteous. Light is, sorry, holiness. Okay, four things from last week. Where's David? David knows this. He disappeared. He's ignoring me. Okay, Brendan, help us out, man. Yep. I think I should go last week again. Let's, let's read it. God is love. God is light, meaning he is holy. God is fire, meaning he is righteous. And God is good, meaning he does good things. There's a whole bunch of other things we spoke about who God is, but if you can hold just four, I want you to hold those four because you can answer pretty much any why question if you know what those four are. Uh, and you can combine them all together and, and monkey around, you can help things. So we're going to build on that a bit tonight. And it might be worthwhile touching on some of that again. But God being love, actually what we're talking about tonight builds on those four points anyway and comes out of those four points. So we're going to come out of there and talk out of there. And so we used this verse last week, um, which was the basis, in the beginning, God. Without God, our church doesn't exist. Without God, there's no, Christians don't exist. Without God, we're no point being here and, and hanging out together. Is the basis of it. God is light, God is love, God is good, God is fire. Love, light and fire could be replaced with holiness and righteousness, which we'll talk about a bit more tonight. So we're going into week two, building on that, which I'm going to call God and us. God and us. So, oh, that's all fun. Are you there, David? Yeah, my thing's not moving. That's all right. God and us. So one of the things that we get asked all the time or people ask the question is, is why am I here? Why am I here? What, what on earth am I here for? What am I doing here? What's the point of it all? What's the point of our existence here? Um, I want you to take 90 seconds and maybe chat to the person who you didn't chat to before on the other side of you uh, just about what some of the answers to that question are or, or maybe your answer or what you've heard somebody else say or what some people might say or what some people around you might even think about what the answer to that question is. The question being, why are we here? Why are we here? Not necessarily in this room, but on this planet. Yeah, why do we exist? There we go. Go.
and finish up on the sentence that you're on. Who wants to share something that the person you were talking with shared with you? Share something from that. Yes. What does the Bible say? That's still a question. That's good. Okay. Yep, so from the Bible. Anything else? Yep. Love God, love others. Yep. God's pleasure. Yep. No one's in relationship with God. Yeah, very good Christian answers. Fantastic. No one said to collect the most toys. Um, have fun. Sorry, play CSGO. Yep, Christmas. God created us for Christmas. Oh, we're, we're here because of Christmas. Yep. This is one of the big um, ethereal questions, and so... Tonight we'll, we're going to talk about that. I, I just want to give this verse as we start and go through it. See what great love the Father's lavished on us that we should be called children of God. We're created to know God's love and be part of God's family. And that's what we're going to discuss tonight. Starting with who God is, the whole basis of it is God is love. So starting from that point, because God is love... God made me to love me. God made you to love you. From the very basis of who he is, one day God decided that there was so much love caught up in him that he wanted a family. And so he decided to make humans to be that family and hang out with him and to know his love and experience his love and, and be with it. Ephesians 1. Oh, sorry, Jeremiah. There we go. My Bible's got to um, I have loved you with an everlasting love, God said in Jeremiah. And then in Ephesians, he said, even before the world was made, God had already chosen us to be his through a union with Christ. So we were created to know his love and be in his love. The second part of that is, through his love, is that we're created to enjoy a personal relationship and to manage creation. Can someone with a big voice read that one out, please? That scripture. So maybe, maybe find someone who isn't sitting next to you and have a quick yarn with them about what it means to be created in the image of God. That's why we needed a gap in the chairs so we could move. question is discuss what it means to be made in the image of God. 
is it? Okay, sounds like we're at the end of that bit. Um, so finish up on the sentence that you're on. Maybe a couple of people just to feedback something for what they discussed on that one. No one? We're cool? Yeah, great. Nice. I like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Great. <laughs> it is. Um, that's it. A few of the things that his image means is that the very first thing we learn about God in the Bible is that he's creative. And if he's creative, we're creative. We've seen a bunch of people on stage looking creative tonight. You can see up on the walls, um, Rexy being a bit creative, getting some things up on there, and, and people have designed things, so we've got a creativity inside us. Um, a few of the things Keith mentioned there. We've got the ability to love. We've got the ability to love and be loved and experience love and to know love. Um, able to reason, intelligence, able to communicate uh, because of that, loving, emotional, that we have free will. We're able to make choices. We're able to choose to drink Coke or make a better, or Pepsi Max. Apparently that's a choice. Or something better and choose Mountain Dew. And... But also, one of the things also Keith mentioned, we're unique, from create, we're unique from the rest of creation. We were alone made in the image of God, and because of that, we were given authority. And we were given the authority, the word says subdue, or the word says um, yeah, subdue creation, so that we're to, we're to look after it. That means also we've got authority over the animals in the world, but we're also there to manage the, the world and look after it and take care of it. Uh, within that. Mm. Yep. Mm. They don't have morals. Yeah, we're, we're a moral being. One of the differences between us and, and animals is we've got a moral being. Um, but the authority is interesting. Jesus walked along one day, saw a fig tree and was hungry. Didn't have any figs on it, so he cursed it. And the disciples thought, that's pretty odd. And then they came back a couple of days later and it was dead. Um, I was talking to Shirley this week, Shirley Deese, and, and she was sort of contemplating this whole thing. And she was walking along going, I wonder if, how does this work with dogs? Anyway, she had this dog that was barking at her and, and yelling. And she's going, Jesus' name, be quiet. And the dog shut up. 
And so we've got an authority over creation, but we've also got a responsibility with it in there. So there's a whole bunch we could talk about, about the dignity, but we are made in his image, and that's because he loves us. It's because he loves us deeply. Um, within that. So I want to ask you this question. What, what do people want most from life? Acceptance? Coke? Okay. So, yes. Money? Yeah. Why do people want money? <laughs> Be happy. Um, there's, there's a lot of surveys done at different points. And I was looking at one survey through the week, and and 35% of people wrote this response, I want to be happy. And people say they want cars or or relationships or love or acceptance and all those things. And when it comes down to it, people want those things. Why? So they can be happy and enjoy life. Um, Most people don't know what actually will make them happy. But the the true thing is, is that God has given us, it's God in 1 Timothy writes that God has given us, richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. He's given us everything we need for that. And so the next thing of God's love is we, he loves us. He created us to know his love. He created us to be in his image, and his likeness, and to manage this earth. And the third thing is this, when we know the love of God and live in harmony with his purpose for lives, it produces tremendous benefit in our lives. Jesus said that I've come to give you life and give it to you in the fullness. Within that. What are some of the things that living in the fullness of God might look like? Open group questions. Sorry? Praying? What are, joy? Yeah. What are some of the attributes inside of those? Joy? I know you've got brains. What do you reckon, Brownie? I'm going to pick on you. Sorry? Bright. Like a light or like smart? Holy. Sorry? Blindingly. Here are some things um, within there, a few things from Romans and that. Have a clear conscience, life and peace, help in their weakness. Have purpose, confidence, security, power and strength. Fulfillment, freedom. So in essence, I want you to know this. The first thing is God is love. He created us to know his love. We are made to know his love. Now, if all these things exist and God made us to know his love, well, there's still part of a question there because I hang out with a lot of people and I hang out with a lot of people who aren't happy. I don't know if you connect with anyone in your world that isn't happy. But, so, but if this works and if this is actually there, why then aren't people happy? And people try and look for the answer within themselves. People try and make a way for happiness themselves and... And, and some of the things, it's like, oh, I just look out for number one, I'll do what I want. 
I just want to live my way. If it feels good, do it. But Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth. I'm the life. There's no other way except me. And so we have a big problem that comes into our lives because in essence, God calls this whole way in which we try and fulfill our happiness and solve our happiness by one little word, three letters. Starts with S, ends with N, and has I right in the middle. Sin. There you go. Good work. Right at the center of sin is I. But um, here's a discussion. Find someone else you haven't chatted with yet tonight, or maybe two people, and, and I ask you this question. What is sin? What is sin? Go find someone you haven't chatted to, and, or a couple of people, maybe a group of three or four, and, and see if you can def- make a definition for what sin is. Definition. And definition. Give you another minute on that one. How about you finish up on the 
thought or sentence that you're on. Okay, let's come back together. Sorry? Lots of commas. I encourage you to pick up those conversations later and chat more on them. That's a good thing. So we're going to talk about the next point. So the first one came off, God is love, and he made us to be loved and to love him, to know his love. The second aspect comes off, off this, is God is light, which means he is pure and he's holy, which leads us to a big problem because we have this thing in our lives that can't get near the purity and the holiness of God. We have this darkness in our lives called sin. And so a few of the things that sin is, I hope you had a good discussion about that, is that sin is this. It affects us all. It affects all of us. Someone with a big voice, please read out 1 John 1. Eight. Man. Okay, man, go on this one. So this presents us with a big problem. God is absolutely pure, and we have sin inside us, all of us do, and so there's not one of us that can get near him because of that. But let's keep expanding what this thing is. Sin is in all of us, but sin also broke our close relationship with God, separating us from God. Another big voice on Isaiah 59. Is your sins have cut you off from God. So we have this big problem in our lives that sin has cut us off from the presence of God. No, it's when our relationship to God is not right, it causes problems. So when there's sin in our world and in our lives, there's problems in every area of our lives, our friendships, the way we act, our parents, our school, our finances, every area of our lives gets affected by it. Okay, we're going to get into a little bit of a definition and understand it a bit more. So if I get another big voice to read, because I don't always want to hear my voice. And then in Psalm 51, he says something a bit similar. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, cleanse me from all my sin. So we've got three words that the psalmist used to describe what sin is. Iniquity, sin, and transgressions. Iniquity, sin, and transgressions. I want to just highlight that because there's three different types of things. Iniquity means to be unequal. It's like really when you get, you know when you get, um, un, like your earways get unbalanced or you get water in your ears and you get sort of all wonky up through it or if you spin around a lot of times and you get dizzy, you lose your equity, you lose your equilibrium. You become unequal. And iniquity is basically that. We lose our equilibrium with God. Inside us is the nature where we're prone to sin. 
just naturally. That inside us is the natural cause and desire to sin. The, um, Mark 7, Jesus said that from in a heart of a man, everything evil comes. The desire to murder, the desire to kill, all sexual immorality, it all comes from inside us. Iniquity. Some people call that original sin. We're born with a tendency to sin. Second one is sin. Sin itself. This is a failure. I heard someone before say a failure to reach God's standard. Was that you, Michael? Is that what you guys were talking about over there? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ethan was saying a failure to reach God's standard. This is sort of... Yep, this is when God has this level and we just don't do it. We might not know we're not doing that. I've got three boys and um, actually I've got a wife. And yeah, that, that helps, which is good of that and a little girl. But um, sometimes as a, as a husband, and here's one to learn, guys, sometimes you don't actually hit your wife's standards. We, we, we fail to meet them, especially when it comes to washing dishes or uh, putting your clothes in the dirty clothes basket, or uh, uh, making the bed in the morning. And sometimes we have a failure to meet the standard, and we don't actually know we're doing wrong until we do it. And then we find out that we're doing wrong, and doing the wrong thing. And so sin is the failure to meet God's standard. The third one is transgression, which means that we know what we're doing, and we're knowingly disobeying God. We're just being rebellious. There's times we know this is the wrong thing to do, I'm going to do it anyway. So we all... Oh, there is black stuff everywhere from that. That is an annoying thing to use. Thank you. Now, we have this big problem because James actually taught us this, that we can keep the whole law and yet stumble at just one point and we're guilty of breaking everything. So if we just do one thing, we just do one thing wrong, we can't get near God. So we've got a big problem. Sin's a big problem, and because of that, we need a big solution. Some people try and solve it. What are some of the ways that people try and solve this on their own? Yep, set of scales. If I do more good in my life than I do bad, I'm going to be okay, and God's going to think I'm okay. Give money. I'm going to give more money away. I'm going to be a philanthropist. I'm going to give away 80% of my worth. Um, that's sort of Bill Gates's thing, isn't it? I'm going to give away a lot of my value and my money to, to try and make it in and earn it in. Yeah, pretending it doesn't exist at all. Trying to hurry it up. Yep. About, my mum was a Christian, so she's in, so I'm in. That's going to make it for me. Or um, in university, they used to test on bell curves. They don't really do that anymore, but as long as I'm over the middle, as long as I'm in the middle, as long as I'm okay and I'm better than the person down the road, that's going to be okay for me. But it doesn't come up with the question that even if we've done one thing, that it doesn't matter. So all our answers, they just lead to death and they don't actually do anything to bridge the gap right across into God's things. And so we have a solution on that and it's this, God is fire. 
his righteousness. The righteousness. We have inside us a desire to punish when bad things happen. When um, people wrong us, we want them to be punished. There was outrage yesterday um, for all the people that like their footy. Um, Billy Slater got clocked in the head late on a tackle and, and went down. And the guy that knocked him out stayed on the field and threw a pass for the next try. And all the online media things all day have just been re- I've seen all these reports about all these people going on, on and on. He should have been sent off. He should be sent off, should be sent off, should be sent off. And there is a desire for justice in the rugby league community right now and a desire for justice on this. And inside us all, we've got that desire for justice, that things would happen. And that comes because we're like God. Because the wages of sin is death. But guess what, you dirty rotten sinner? You deserve to die. <laughs> yeah, I know, it's, it's harsh, isn't it? Wages of sin and death. But God had an answer. God demonstrates his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, a lot of people try and tell me that um, the Old Testament was full of God's wrath. That God was just a, a nasty guy in the Old Testament. I'm going to say this. God was actually gracious and merciful in the Old Testament. Because if he wasn't, we wouldn't have got past Genesis chapter 2. It's just all over at that point. Sin enters in, bam, we're dead. But he was gracious and merciful, and the only time in all history that the wrath of God has been poured out was on the cross of Christ. When every death and every punishment you deserved was poured out at that point. There's a story that goes a little bit like this. There was two mates that grew up, and when they were growing up, they were, they were really good friends. One went off, and he went off to uni after school and studied law, and his mate, well, he didn't quite get the marks to get into uni, and so he started hanging out with the gang and um, ended up getting into a life of crime and eventually had robbed a bank. And so he gets convicted of that and charged and taken before the judge. And the judge is sitting there looking down at this guy that's brought before him, and he looks down and he notices this man that's on, on trial before him for robbing a bank. Well, it was actually his mate that he grew up with. And so the two mates were reunited with the, the, with the judge and then this criminal. And, and so the judge is there having this moral dilemma. What am I going to do? How am I going to treat this man? Because on one aspect, he is a judge and he has to uphold the law. He was completely righteous in that regard. But on the other aspect, he deeply loves this man standing in front of him. And so he makes a decision. Brings down his hammer and sentences him to a massive fine that's due and fitting for the, for the crime that he committed. He knew in himself that the man couldn't actually pay that at all. And as he brings down his hammer and steps down that, he steps out, takes his, guard, takes his robe off, steps down and sees his mate and brings out a checkbook and writes the amount that the fine is and hands him a check to pay it. That's a weak analogy for what God's done for us. He's handed down the judgment on us of death and then he came out of heaven himself and paid the penalty for it. You know, I want to talk, he's essentially doing, doing that. It's Jesus that made a way across the gap. Or to come back to a cartoon one. So tonight, we are talking last week about God is love, God is light, God is fire, God is good. 
I want to pick up God is good next week and talk about the fourth aspect of this, which is our response. But tonight, I want us just to, a few things to remember and to know and to be able to communicate. And I know you guys were talking about sins. That's great. Chat about maybe what more it looks like later. But I just want you to know this. The first thing is this. God. God made us in his likeness to know and enjoy his love and this life and manage the world he created. It's God is love and he loved us and he made you to love you. Man. We chose to try and meet our need for happiness with our own solutions. We sinned. So God made us in love, to know his love and to be love. We chose to walk against that and fill our own happiness and not live his. The third thing is, is God, sin needed a punishment, a penalty. So God in his justice passed that penalty. And in his love, he took the penalty upon himself at the cross of Christ. God loved us. We sinned. God paid the penalty. Three things I want you to... Remember and know, which is the basis of who we are. And next week, talk about this, is how to respond and how we respond with the solution. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you that, um, Lord, you've made us in love and you've made us to know your love and to be your love and to experience your love and to share that with others. And so, Lord, we just ask that we would know that and know your likeness and be able to enjoy that. Lord, Holy Spirit, I say that you'd make us aware of the sin in our world and in our lives and that you'd help us to not hold on to that but, but pass that over to your cross and thank you that you paid the penalty for it, Lord. We know there's a big response in us that's needed to that and we ask you to teach us more about that. Lord, but tonight we just want to go and just know that we are yours and that you have given us everything we need for enjoyment. So Lord, forgive us for the ways in which we've tried to serve that and do that ourselves. But we want to look to you and just live your life for the best possible fulfillment, the best possible life we could have. Thank you, Dad. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, one of the things I encourage you to do is this week, um, share those things with someone so that you know them more and see how you go at communicating that to someone else. It might be someone in the room, it might be somewhere else. But just um, those things on, on who God is and what that means for our relationship with him and how that's connected. Good. Amen. And we're going back to Tom's place for food, I believe. Yes. Amen. Sorry, we're going back to Jazzy's place for food. Sorry, Thomas. We're going to Jazzy's house now. Okay? Yeah, good. Um, ladies, conference Friday. Be here.